You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Falato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nick Falato, and we're going to dive into the Week 9 matchups. The teams that are not going to be playing during this Week 9 are the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Washington football team, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for all these teams are currently by. Let's dive into the matchups and start with a relatively gross game, and that is the New England Patriots traveling to the Carolina Panthers. This game has a 41-point over-under with the Patriots favored by four. Sam Darnold is still up in the air about playing, as is Christian McCaffrey, so those have to be monitored through Sunday. Christian McCaffrey's dealing with lower leg issues, hamstring, whereas Sam Darnold was concussed last week. If Sam Darnold cannot go, it will be P.J. Walker. Look, I don't really want to start many players in this game. I think if you have D.J. Moore, you're going to roll with a player like D.J. Moore, but we've seen New England just absolutely eliminate the number one passing targets for a lot of different teams, and that would open up opportunity, theoretically, of course, for Robbie Anderson. But I don't really want to play Robbie Anderson either because he's been one of the most inefficient wide receivers, really, that I can remember. In fact, I mean, when you have as many targets as he does and then you lack the production that he has along with all the drops, and when especially you're getting the ball thrown to you by Sam Darnold, someone who's not necessarily a good quarterback, it's not necessarily conducive to a lot of fantasy points. So I don't really want to start many players here. DJ Moore, as I said, I'm going to entertain DJ Moore just because I believe talent wins out. I have him as my wide receiver 19, but I have guys like Robert Woods, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddle, Brandon Cooks. I have got players like that ahead of him. Jacoby Myers, I have as a deep flex play. I think you can entertain it in PPR leagues, but you know he has that limited upside. He had Nine targets last week, caught four for 36 yards, at 44 yards a week before that, 44 yards a week before that. So you're hoping he gets in the end zone, which isn't something he's ever done in his career. I think it's going to happen eventually. He did score a two-point conversion last week, and he also scored a two-point conversion two weeks ago as well. So the, the Patriots are aware of his lack of touchdowns, and they want to give him that because it's getting ridiculous at this point. But it's not going to be forced, and he's not necessarily a high upside guy. But if you had a lot of players who are by, someone like a Terry McLaurin, somebody like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and you have Jacoby Myers on your bench, he's somebody you can fire up, kind of a higher floor and PPR, low ceiling type of play. For these running backs, uh, Damian Harris, I'm going to start if I have him. Carolina has been pretty darn good against the run, but we know that the Patriots' identity goes through Damian Harris. So if you have Harris, you're more than likely going to be plugging him into your lineup. I have him as a running back one, actually, at at the 12th spot. And that's something that's a little bit aggressive for me because I typically don't rank players who don't receive a lot of targets that high. But this is going to be one of those games where it's going to more than likely be close. And I don't believe Carolina is going to boat race New England and that defense that is playing, I would say, solidly. So that's going to keep Damian Harris to get at least 20 touches on the ground, probably. Because if you look at his last couple games, he had 23 last week in a win against the Los Angeles Chargers. I believe this game script may be somewhat similar. Obviously, the teams are a lot different, but they won that game. 
And then against the Jets, he had 14. Then they just took him out because he had two touchdowns. They put J.J. Taylor in. He also had two touchdowns in that game because the Jets, as we saw in Thursday Night Football, can't guard anything against the run. So I would fire up Damian Harris. And I also have Chuba Hubbard if, or Chuba Hubbard, if there is no Christian McCaffrey. I have Chuba Hubbard as a running back three. I have him at 29. I think New England is a really good run defense. And uh, he's going to get the opportunity, so I'm all for starting him. But if you can get away from him and, and start somebody who is comparable, like a James Conner at San Francisco or a Daryl Williams versus Green Bay, even though Derek Gore is going to eat into that, I'd probably go in that direction a little bit. But it depends on how you want to play your fantasy. Do you want opportunity? Do you want effectiveness? Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. Let's move on, though. Oh, tight end-wise, actually. Hunter Henry, I think you can definitely fire him up. He just keeps having production. Last week was a down week, but before that, he had four straight games with touchdowns. So... Mac Jones looks for him in the red zone. I don't really don't want to play either quarterback. Super flex, I guess you're going to have to make that kind of decision. I have Mac Jones ranked as my quarterback 23. Sam Darnold, I have even lower than that, and he's still up in the air to be active. I think P.J. Walker would be around the Mac Jones uh, fantasy output just because he may not have the ability to stay on script with his arm, but he is a good athlete who's going to pick up a lot of yards with his legs when when the play breaks down. All right, let's move on though to Buffalo and Jacksonville. This over-under is sitting at 48.5 with the Jags being 14.5 point dogs at home. We've seen the Bills travel to Florida and absolutely destroy some of their opponents, the Miami Dolphins, in week two. This could be something similar here. I don't really want to entertain any Jag unless it's James Robinson, and he realistically might not play in this game after suffering an ankle injury last week. So I believe that's very much up in the air. I will entertain Zach Moss. I will even entertain Devin Singletary. I have Zach Moss right now in my rankings at running back 16. I think you will find the end zone this week. Devin Singletary, I have down a little bit. Running back 24, which is still still technically a running back two. James Robinson, if he were to play, would probably be around the running back 16 as well. But I think he's going to be limited. We're going to see more Carlos Hyde and Agumba Wale. So it's not a great situation for him. Obviously, Josh Allen, you're going to fire up. Trevor Lawrence, I want nothing to do with. I really don't want anything to do with Marvin Jones Jr., although I do like him. He's going to see some targets. He had eight targets last week, 10 targets the week before. So I have him, I guess, in 12-team leagues, a wide receiver three. I'm comfortable with starting him. But Buffalo is a good defense. He's going to see a lot of Trey White. He's one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And as for Emmanuel Sanders, I love Emmanuel Sanders this week. I know he goosed last week, but I love him this week if Cole Beasley doesn't play. And I still like him even if Cole Beasley plays. I would fire him up. I think this would be a get-right game for Emmanuel Sanders, especially since there's no Dawson Knox. Tommy Sweeney is not getting the target share that Dawson Knox did. Even though Knox didn't have a huge target share, he was just incredibly efficient with his targets. And then last week, Beasley had 13 targets, and now he's questionable with a rib injury. That could take one shot, and then he could exit the game. And I think a lot of targets would be funneled to Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, Steph Diggs are going to be playing as well. So I think this could be a get-right game for Sanders. Tight end-wise, I'll play Dan Arnold. I have him, I believe, as a tight end one, but that's also because the tight end position is, is gross. I think I have him as my 12th ranked tight No, 13th ranked tight end. I have... Tyler Conklin just ahead of him. And Bill's defense, you're obviously firing up, but this should be a one-sided affair. Buffalo should roll the Jags. Houston and Miami, another game in Florida. This could be interesting for fantasy uh, greatness, to be honest. It's only a 46-point over-under. Miami is favored by 5.5, but it's all contingent on Tua 
playing because Tua is questionable for this game. Devontae Parker was just ruled out and put on IR. If Tua plays, I think this could be a pretty interesting game. Miami's defense has not been great. So I believe Tyrod Taylor will be playing this game. David Culley confirmed on Thursday that he's going to start. And I think that could up the score a little bit. And this could hit the over because he's going to at least keep the offense on script much better than Davis Mills can. And he could also move the sticks because he's a mobile quarterback. He's a good journeyman quarterback who has had success in the various spots. Obviously, Buffalo being the best spot for Tyrod Taylor. But I think with Tyrod there and with a healthy Tua, Tua's questionable again. I think this game could be interesting for fantasy. I'm not going to start any of these Houston running backs, though, because I no. I mean, I'm not entertaining David Johnson or Rex Burkhead or Philip Lindsay because Rex Burkhead, everyone forgot about him, and then last week he's the one who falls in the end zone. It's very, very frustrating. I probably won't even roster any of those guys. With Miles Gaskin, with Malcolm Brown on IR, he's definitely somebody that I do like. He didn't have a great game last week, but he's going to keep seeing targets, and I believe that the Miami Dolphins could actually win this game despite the fact that they're 1-7, so could lead to a little bit more opportunity. I think they'll be able to move the football against Houston. Houston's just abysmal as a defense right now, and Brandon Cooks I actually have as a top 15 wide receiver. He hasn't necessarily been great recently, but let's go back to week one when he was with Tyrod Taylor. He had five catches for 132 yards in that game. Last week, he had six for 83, found the end zone. I think he could find the end zone again because the secondary for Miami that has a lot of money allocated to it, they're not playing up to the their contracts right now. So I, I do like Brandon Cooks, and if I have him, I would start him with confidence. I think you can start Jalen Waddle Again, I have him as a top 20 wide receiver. He had a very disappointing week last year. Four catches on 12 targets for 29 yards, but he's getting 12 targets. The guy keeps getting targets. A lot of them are by the line of scrimmage. All it takes is for him to make one guy miss, and with his speed, he could take it to the house, and Houston is that type of defense that you can definitely manipulate in terms of getting the ball in his hands and having one safety take a bad angle, and then bye-bye. With no Wolf Fuller, with no Devontae Parker, with no Alan Hearns, with no Jakeem Grant because he got traded. Preston Williams had disciplinary issues last week, so he didn't play then. He should dress in this game. I think Jalen Waddell and Mike Gesicki could both smash. So Mike Gesicki I also have as a top five tight end. I really like him this week. But other than... Brandon Cooks, I don't really want to start anybody else. Even Tyrod in, in deep super flex leagues, I guess you can plug him in. I have him in a couple uh, best ball leagues. And and in those type of scenarios, yes, he can possibly come through for you, but it's not necessarily something that you'll love. I think the Dolphins defense could be entertained just because the Texans had not been great, but Davis Mills is more turnover prone than Tyrod Taylor. So it, you can probably get away from the Dolphins defense if you must. And there's probably other defenses that you can roster that will be a little bit better and probably have higher turnover probability. Let's move on to Atlanta and New Orleans. Good old NFC South, about 41 and a half point over under with the Saints favored by six with Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback. Taysom Hill will be available for this game. So expect him to also be utilized his arm and his rushing ability near the goal line. A lot of zone read, a lot of mesh point with Alvin Kamara. You're starting Alvin Kamara. You're starting Cordero Patterson. Don't want to start Mike Davis at all. I really don't want to start Mark Ingram either, but I think he's a better start than Mike Davis. He had six carries in his first game back with New Orleans for 27 yards, had a couple targets, caught two for 25 yards as well. So I think he's somebody that can definitely be entertained, but only in deeper type of formats because this game... New Orleans isn't a type of team that's going to blow anybody out with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. It could be competitive. There's going to be a lot of running of the football, and I think Mark Ingram is going to have at least 10 touches in this game. So what is he going to do with 10 touches? You're talking about an older Mark Ingram who's in his 30s. That's up to you. How many touches is he going to be able to get? 
at the goal line. That's somewhat Alvin Kamara's territory, so you got to take all that into account. So it's only a desperation play. Calvin Ridley is out, put on the NFL reserve list. Michael Thomas is out. He's not coming back this season. And then I don't really want to play any receiver here. You have Tajay Sharp, Russell Gage. Tajay Sharp had six targets, called five for 58. I think these guys are DFS plays. Hopefully they hit, but... I'm not comfortable enough to plug any receiver in this game into my lineup in terms of season long, unless this is a really deep 14 to 16 team type of league. And if I had to choose one, I guess it would be Marquez Callaway. He had five targets last week, didn't really do anything with them. You know, Alamadi Zacchaeus is somebody who's popped up and had fantasy relevance in the past. He had one catch last week. So it's not a great situation. Kyle Pitts, I think, is definitely going to be started, but that's really about it here. This could be one of those field goal type games, so the kickers could possibly be entertained, but it's not a great game for fantasy output here. But the Saints defense, I really like them in this matchup. Denver and Dallas. This is at Jerry World. Dak Prescott's coming back. The over-under for this matchup is a whopping 49 points, which is actually pretty high on this slate. It's not necessarily a huge scoring slate. There's only two games that are over 50 points, according to DraftKings, and that is the Vikings in Baltimore at 50 points, and then Tennessee and the Rams on Sunday Night Football at 52.5 points. So this one is one of the more high-scoring affairs. Dallas is favored by 10 points at home. Dak Prescott, you're going to start. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't really want to start Teddy Bridgewater. I have him ranked as a top 15 quarterback, though, and that's not necessarily because I want to play him, but teams have been able to throw the football against the Dallas Cowboys. They haven't been great against opposing quarterbacks so far this season, but they haven't necessarily been terrible either. They did a really good job against Kirk Cousins last week, and then Daniel Jones got hurt back in week five. That drives their average down a little bit, but all in all, I really don't want to start Teddy Bridgewater right now. He's not going to have Noah Fant in this game, but he did get Jerry Judy back. Love Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams. I don't really want to start either one of them, but I'm probably going to have to in certain spots. I have Javante because I believe Dallas is going to take a lead. He's a little bit more of a receiving back. I have Javante at 21, Melvin Gordon at 23, and I know those are running back too, so you're like, what do you mean you don't really want to start him? Well, they feed off each other. I don't know which one it's going to be. If there was one running back, yes, I would be confident in starting him, but it's hard to tell which one of those running backs it's going to be. The Dallas Cowboys right now, in terms of defending the running back position in fantasy football, they average about 23 fantasy points a game to the running back position. That ranks in the top half, but right at around the middle of the pack. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Obviously, as I said before, Ezekiel Elliott, you can play. I have Tony Pollard ranked as well because he's going to get his scripted 10 to 12 touches. I have him as a running back 28, just behind Kenneth Gainwell and Jeremy McNichols. And then the wide receivers, look, you got to monitor this for Sunday morning because C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are both questionable. It seems like they're both going to play. C.D. Lamb, he seemed to have it a little bit more worse than Amari Cooper throughout practice. It was an ankle injury for Lamb. And as for Amari Cooper, he's been nursing a bunch of different injuries all season, but this one is primarily a hamstring injury. But reports out of Dallas say they're both going to play. So if you have both of them, you're more than likely going to start them. I actually have Amari Cooper for the first time this season ranked over C.D. Lamb at wide receiver 11 with C.D. Lamb at wide receiver 12. So I'm high on both of these guys, obviously. And as for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, look, Jerry Judy, I like the fact that he has some snaps under his belt. He didn't do a lot last week, four catches, 39 yards. And Cortland Sutton, I'm not certain who is going to get the treatment of Trevon Diggs, who is ascending into 
top five cornerback status. So I think whichever wide receiver sees Diggs is going to suffer. And it's just hard to predict who it's going to be. It could be Sutton. It could be Judy. I think if you have them, I start them both as wide receiver threes. I'm not overly excited to start one of them. But if I can see a scenario where one of them goes off and the other one is kind of quiet. I have Jerry Judy right now ranked as wide receiver 27 with Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 29. So I'm just not 100% certain which one it's going to be, which is a frustrating situation. Tight ends, Dalton Schultz I have as a top seven tight end. I like him this week. And I have Albert O, Albert Okwegmanam also ranked. I believe he is at tight end 19 for me. So I think if you're desperate, and especially in tight end premium leagues, you can start someone like him because Noah Fant is out, as is Blake Jarwin, which is going to up Dalton Schultz's workload, and we know that Dak Prescott loves himself some Dalton Schultz. Let's move on to Minnesota at Baltimore, over under of 50 points, which is the second highest on the slate with Baltimore favored by six. We saw some primetime Kirk Cousins last week. It did not go that well, but I'm not too hesitant to start him this week. I think Baltimore Their defense, obviously, they have a reputation for being a very good defense, but they allow the sixth most points to the quarterback position. So I think that's important to kind of take into context. We have a pretty good sample size at this point now that we are in week nine. So it's a road game. It's a tough environment. So I don't love Kirk Cousins, but I do have him ranked at quarterback 13 right now. And Lamar Jackson, you're obviously starting. Dalvin Cook, you're obviously going to start. Latavius Murray is doubtful for this game. Doesn't look like he is going to play, which leads you to the carousel of Devonta Freeman, Tyson Williams, Le'Veon Bell. If I had to start one, I'd probably go with Freeman, but I really don't want to start any. I have Freeman ranked at 31. I guess he's coming out of the bye week. There'd be some new interest in Tyson Williams, but I'm not going to bet anything on that whatsoever. It's been absolutely disappointing basically since week one for him. Wide receiver-wise, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you're going to fire up their top, I think, 15 guys for me right now. I have Justin Jefferson, despite his just absolutely atrocious performance last week. Did see some Trevon Diggs there, but it wasn't the whole game. He is my wide receiver eight with Adam Thielen as my wide receiver 13. Thielen just keeps balling out. Marquise Brown, really like him this week as well. He's my wide receiver 16. Marquise Brown, last week, Cincinnati, the last time they played, I should say, because they did not play in week eight because they were by, he had 14 targets. And that was with Rashad Bateman. It looks like Sammy Watkins may be available for this game. I'm not going to play him. Rashad Bateman, though, is also questionable. Watkins with the thigh. Rashad Bateman is questionable with a groin injury. He's also dealt with that groin injury. He missed the first half of the season. He's a very talented kid. If he's not there, it's going to bode well for Marquise Brown, especially if Sammy Watkins isn't there either. So it's kind of where I'm at with them. You want to start a lot of these big high-end wide receivers. If Bateman does play three wide receiver, 12-team leagues, I think I'm comfortable enough starting him, but you got to be hesitant. It's a little bit of a risk because that groin has given him issues in the past. Mark Andrews, you're starting. Tyler Conklin, I have as well as a starter. If you're a little bit more desperate at the tight end position, we know, and we talk about a lot of the podcast, tight end position is gross. He is my tight end 12. Baltimore, surprisingly, has been pretty bad against the tight end position. They rank in the bottom five. They allow 17.9 points at the tight end position. We've seen Really good tight ends just kind of absolutely eat them up. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, both had really good games against them. So maybe that that ranking is a little bit inflated. But still, I think Tyler Conklin would be the third read behind Jefferson, behind Thielen. And then you also have KJ Osborne and 11 personnel who's going to get his targets. But I'm okay with Conklin this week. Don't love it, but I am okay with it. This That position is absolutely gross to begin with. And the Ravens defense, I think you can start because Kirk Cousins can turn the football over every now and again. He's been pretty good with that this season. Last week was a stinker in primetime, but that's primetime Cousins, as everybody always said. And then we have the Browns going to Cincinnati. A very important game here. I mean, Cincinnati just blew it. 
against the Jets last week. Even though the Jets had Thursday night football, usually teams struggle the week before that. So it's a really surprising upset. They got Mike Whited. And the Browns, I mean, we have everything going on with them. With Odell Beckham Jr. just released right now on Friday. I mean, that's a that's a messy situation. But the Browns could realistically put themselves into a position, if they win this football game, to be within reach at the top of the AFC North. Especially if the Minnesota Vikings do them a solid and defeat the Ravens. And then the Steelers end up losing on Monday Night Football to Chicago. Something I don't necessarily expect. But anything is possible because the Browns right now are 4-4. Four and four, Steelers are 4-3. and three, Ravens are 5-2. and two, And then the Bengals are sitting there at 5-3 and three with a loss to the Jets. Oof. What's up with these good football teams losing to the Jets? The Bengals, who are ostensibly a good football team. So maybe they are. You know, maybe I shouldn't say ostensibly. And then you also have Tennessee Titans, I would say a good football team when they had Derrick Henry, lost to the Jets. Something about MetLife Stadium, Giants need to replicate it, but it is what it is. So this game right now, 47 point over under with the Bengals favored by two and a half points. I believe in this game that you are starting Joe Burrow. I don't really want to start Baker Mayfield. It's not something I want to do. There is no more Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what's going on with that locker room. Joe Burrow, I have him as a top 10 quarterback at eight. I have... Baker Mayfield, that's my 20th ranked quarterback here. Running back-wise, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, you're starting. I think you can start Dearness Johnson. Still, Kareem Hunt is on the IR. Dearness Johnson is going to get like 10 touches in this game. I have him as a running back 32. So that's a running back three flex type of option. Not somebody you necessarily want to start, but maybe you have to in certain situations. I'm not excited to start him by any means, but he's going to get into the game to spell Nick Chubb. You know Kevin Stefanski likes to use a two-headed approach here, and Nick Chubb isn't somebody who's going to handle the entire workload in Stefanski's offense. So you're going to see a little bit of Dearness Johnson, who has really proven himself to be a pretty capable NFL running back. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, fire him up. Jarvis Landry, fire him up. Tyler Boyd, I think Tyler Boyd is somebody that you can also consider playing. We saw him get in the end zone last week. He had eight targets, caught five for 69 yards. We saw T. Higgins have a couple of really big plays. Jamar Chase got into the end zone. So Joe Burrow is just slinging the football around. I have Jamar Chase ranked as my fifth wide receiver. I have Jarvis Landry ranked as my 26th wide receiver. I have Tyler Boyd at 32, and T. Higgins I have ranked at 22. So you don't have to start players like Jarvis Landry. I would. There's no Odell Beckham. I think the Paul's going to be funneled through the passing game to players like Jarvis Landry and one of those tight ends, whether that be David Njoku or Austin Hooper, is hard to predict, so I don't really want to play either of those players. But I understand if you have to, CJ Uzama, look, this guy has a good game, has a bad game, can win you your week, can absolutely kill you. Last week, it was four catches for 33 yards. That's not terrible for a tight end, but it's not something that's going to win your week. But two weeks ago, he won your week for you. He had 24 points. And this is a game where if you have to start a tight end, if you have one of your tight ends on bye, CJ Ozama I have as my tight end 16. I have him in front of guys like Evan Ingram and Tommy Sweeney and Cole Komet, but I'd rather start the Pat Fryermuths, Dan Arnolds, and Tyler Conklins of the world over him. And as for the Browns, as I already said about the tight end position, I don't know which one it's going to be. And wide receiver-wise, it's really just Jarvis Landry. So let's move on to the... Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Football Giants. This game has an over-under of 47 points with the Raiders favored by three. The Raiders are actually pretty good this year, sitting at the top of their division, something that not a lot of people predicted, including myself, especially when you're in a division with the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs, but they are 5-2. and two. Chargers are 4-3. and three. Chiefs are 4-4, four and four, and the Broncos are 4-4. Four and four. Wow, the Chiefs, look at you, right? Let's see if they have a bounce back here. But playing the Giants... On the road, 1 o'clock start, had a lot of turmoil happen with this Henry Rugg situation, with the John Gruden situation that happened three weeks ago, even though they've won both their games since playing in that. There's a lot kind of going on with the Raiders. The Giants had a lot going on this week as well. 
because they had all of those false positives. They had 13 players test for test positive for COVID-19, and 12 of them reportedly were false positives. And you have players like Saquon Barkley who aren't going to play in this game because he was on the COVID-19 list, and then he came off of that, but he has the ankle injury. And you have Xavier McKinney, who was on the COVID list as well. Matt Skur was on the COVID list. He came out. So you have a lot of players who are just not at practice. Sterling Shepard is going to be out for this game. Kenny Galladay is questionable for this game, which is great to see. Kadarius Tony will be active, and then Dante Pettis is also out for this game. So you have a lot of these skill position players who haven't really necessarily worked with Daniel Jones. But I'm comfortable with starting Daniel Jones. Obviously, I'm comfortable with starting Derek Carr as well. I think the Giants' defense is starting to come along a little bit. So hopefully that can slow down Derek Carr, who's had just huge games this season. I have Carr ranked in the top 10. He's my 10th-ranked quarterback. Daniel Jones as my 14th-ranked quarterback. I'm a little nervous about the pass rush with Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe and that pretty good Raiders defense that they have up front. Their secondary can be had, and I think Kadarius Tony can be in for a huge game. It was very disappointing on Monday Night Football. I don't think it was necessarily on Kadarius Tony that his thumb got stepped on, nor was it on him that he wasn't really playing that much in the first half, despite the fact that Jason Garrett and the Giants coaching staff was comfortable with having him receive punts. Maybe they told him, you're just going to fair catch this punch. You're not going to do anything else with the punt, and they trust his ability to catch the punt since Dante Pettis was out. That could be the case, and maybe he wasn't 100%, but now he's active. He's just not going into this game with a questionable tag, so I'm comfortable firing up Kadarius Tony, and I have Kadarius Tony ranked as a wide receiver two for me. He is at wide receiver 23. Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, like I said, I'm going to play him. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker, I'm comfortable playing both of those players. Josh Jacobs I have as a running back one this week because I think he's healthy now. He had the chest injury. I think Kenyon Drake is still going to get his car- or carries and opportunities, going to be used in the passing game. But Jacobs I have as a running back 11. I have Devontae Booker at running back 15. I, I like Booker. I'm comfortable with starting Booker with no Saquon Barkley. Kenyon Drake, I have ranked as well. He's more of a flex type of play for me, but he's going to see his opportunities through the air and also be used on the ground. I think the Giants defense is coming along, like I said, but I am comfortable playing them. I think Hunter Renfro is an excellent play here for a wide receiver three type of area, maybe even a wide receiver two, because Hunter Renfro thrives finding the voids and zones. Giants run a lot of zone coverage and have struggled a little bit with receivers like that that were really, really smart with kind of manipulating space and getting open and finding those little crevices near the seam and then those deep digs and on quick curls. And Hunter Renfro is one of those types of players who could thrive there. He's my wide receiver 25. I'm comfortable with playing him this week. I'm not going to fire up Darius Slayton. I think Brian Edwards is somebody you can entertain, but it's playing with fire because we haven't really seen it consistently. He had a touchdown against Philadelphia before the bye week, but other than that, he hasn't seen anything more than six targets in a game, but now you have no Henry Ruggs, so he's going to be the first read as a wide receiver, but we know the true first read is Darren Waller, who was a top three tight end for me. I expect a big bounce back. He hasn't played since week six because he was out with the ankle injury, then he was by. Love Darren Waller this week. Uh, Evan Ingram... I really don't want to do that. I mean, he had like 15 yards last week. He's lucky enough that he fell into the end zone. As for the defenses, I think the Raiders, if you had to start a defense, would be the defenses you would entertain. Hopefully, as somebody who covers the New York Giants, the Raiders suffer from the West Coast to East Coast 1 o'clock start. But I'm not 100% certain that's going to happen. All right, before we get into the rest of these matchups, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Chargers travel back to the East Coast to face the Philadelphia Eagles. The last time the Chargers did this, they got absolutely boat raced by the Baltimore Ravens, but the Eagles aren't the Ravens. They're both birds, but they're not the Ravens. This is a 49 and a half point over under with the Chargers favored by two points. Here, Justin Herbert, look, you're going to play him. I know he had that stinker last week and back in week six. It was by week seven. He had 15 points last week, 12 the week before, but I think this could be a get-right game. Philadelphia, they run a lot of zone coverage, and we saw earlier in the season players like Patrick Mahomes drop three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill against Philadelphia. Now, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen, but I still like Justin Herbert here, have him as a top 10 quarterback, and I also have Jalen Hurts. Look, Jalen Hurts, he's not necessarily a great real-life quarterback, but the guy is one of the best fantasy quarterbacks that you can have, and he was an absolute bargain on draft day. Jalen Hurts, I have as a top six quarterback on the week. Austin Eckler, you're going to start, and look, I think Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell are both players you can play. Boston Scott, he had 12 carries last week, didn't really do much in the passing game out of target, but he got in the end zone twice. Now, Jordan Howard can siphon that, so it's a little bit of a risky play. We saw Jordan Howard get in the end zone twice as well. We didn't see anything from Kenneth Gainwell, right? Kenneth Gainwell, everyone built him up, but the game script against Detroit just got out of hand because the Detroit Lions stink, and the Philadelphia Eagles blew him out 44-6. Well, in this game, I don't necessarily see that happening despite the fact that we've seen the Chargers struggle on the East Coast. I think the Chargers should win this game, which could lead to more passing opportunity, and that's going to be Kenneth Gainwell's role. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the passing downs back, so in full point PPR, I think you can start him. But it is risky because it's a three-headed backfield. We don't love three-headed backfields in terms of fantasy football, but I have Boston Scott as the 18th ranked Running back, I have Kenneth Gainwell at 27. I don't have Jordan Howard ranked in my top 35, but I think if you're desperate, you can play him, and it's disgusting, and it's gross. Austin Eckler, you're going to play. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, you're going to play. I have them both as top 15 guys, and both have a high target share, very, very effective, and I think they can win these matchups against even cornerbacks like Darius Slay, who's still playing at a high level. And then you have Devonta Smith. I think you can definitely play Devonta Smith. I have him as my wide receiver 24 on this week, and he's had his highs. He's had his lows. Last week was a low. We haven't seen great Devonta Smith games in a while. I mean, against Las Vegas, he was solid. He had over 10 full-point PPR points, but we 
haven't seen it necessarily really come to fruition quite yet. Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily connecting with him, but the Chargers have a lot of injuries in their in their secondary right now. Two of their starting secondary pieces at cornerback are not going to be playing in this game. I think that can benefit Smith. I don't love him, but I do have him as a low-end wide receiver two in a game that could be a nice fantasy matchup where the Eagles are going to have to throw the football. So I have him in that spot. Dallas Goddard, I love him this week. Top five tight end. Jared Cook, he's a top 15 tight end. Don't love him. Think you have to play him in certain situations if you don't have anything better. So that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. No Aaron Rodgers in this game because of everything that's going on with him at the moment. So that means we get to see some Jordan freaking love. Jordan love, baby. And the only team of recent memory that cannot really pass on the Kansas City Chiefs at a high rate has been the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. Now, is the Chiefs defense really clamping down or is that a product of the New York Giants inefficient offense? We'll find out against Jordan Love. If Jordan Love lights everything up here, it's going to be a really interesting conversation as to what's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers. But I don't necessarily want to start Jordan Love this week. And I know he has a lot of physical ability, but I'm not going to entertain it quite yet, but I do have him as a top 20 quarterback. I have him ahead of guys like Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield because he is an athlete and he's going to have Devontae Adams and this Chiefs secondary, other than last week, was not great. So that's kind of where I'm at with Jordan Love, but it's a little bit risky, obviously, because we haven't seen it quite yet. Pat Mahomes, you're firing him up despite the fact that he stunk for fantasy last week. Aaron Jones, you're playing him. I think you can play Daryl Williams, but, you know, all that use of of uh, Derek Gore last week, you know, it's uh, they like to use him near the goal line. Daryl Williams kind of became the receiving back, and it was good against the Giants, but I don't know how much the Chiefs are going to have to throw the football because they could easily boat race the Green Bay Packers at home. Green Bay is not necessarily a great team in terms of traveling. They haven't been for a while, and now they don't have Aaron Rodgers. This could be more of a Gore game if they want to go that in that direction. I think Daryl Williams will still have, you know, over 50% of the snaps, but my my thought process or the way I view Daryl Williams now is, is, is just lesser than it was before, but I still have him as a top 20 option, but I would play players like Chase Edmonds and Zach Moss and Devontae Booker and Elijah Mitchell over a player like Daryl Williams. And the over-under in this game, just because I didn't say it before, is 48 points with the Chiefs favored by 7.5. I think A.J. Dillon is a player you can actually entertain as well as a low-end running back two flex type of player because I think the approach of the Green Bay Packers is going to be hand the football off to Aaron Jones and then hand the football off to A.J. Dillon. And we saw last week, Thursday night football, at Arizona, the win, the 24-21 upset, A.J. Dillon had 16 carries for 78 yards in that game. Now, this game script, like I said earlier, could get away from the run, but the Packers have used A.J. Dillon as a receiver. Back in week five, he had four catches, four targets for 49 yards and a touchdown, and he's also you know, received two targets here, one target there. I don't think it's going to be exclusively Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon's workload could expand a little bit as the season wears on, especially with his running style being a power run type of back. So that's kind of where I'm at there. I'm not going to entertain Gore. I'm not going to entertain Jarek McKinnon, wide receiver-wise. Adams, Hill, love him. All the other wide receivers, you got to be desperate. You know, 12-team, three wide receiver leagues. Alan Lazard's back for this game, as is Devontae Adams, but I don't really want to go, is it going to be Lazard? Is it going to be Cobb? You don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, so I don't really want to entertain any of that. Nicole Hardman, they designed, the Chiefs designed a lot of touches for him. He had seven targets last week. A lot of them around the line of scrimmage. Only had 63 yards. Had over 10 full-point PPR points, but it could easily be Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or Josh Gordon. So I don't really want to 
try and guess on who it's going to be. And as for tight ends, you're starting Travis Kelsey, Big Bob Tanyan. He's he's done for the season now with the torn ACL. You have Mercedes Lewis, but he's much more of a blocker. So I, I'm not going to necessarily look for Josiah DeGuara quite yet either, especially with Jordan Love throwing the football. So defense-wise, look, you go with the Chiefs if you're going to pick one, but... I don't necessarily want to do that. So it's kind of where I'm at. Arizona, San Francisco, a lot of players who are questionable in this game. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Jeff Wilson, AJ Green is in the is in the uh, COVID-19 protocol. George Kittle's coming off the IR reportedly. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts going on right here. But look, if you have Kyler Murray, you're going to start him. And he's somebody who is going to, he hurt his ankle at the end of Thursday Night Football. He's not going to be mobile. He's not going to be as mobile as he's, shown in the past and we know Kyler Murray has dealt with injuries played through those injuries and not have hasn't been as effective Kyler Murray already played San Francisco once this year when he was fully healthy it was a 17 to 10 game that the Arizona Cardinals won he threw for 239 yards but only one touchdown didn't do all that much on the ground he only had one yard rushing and he had seven attempts so San Francisco does a good job containing him anyways and this game is going to be in San Francisco but you're not going to bench Kyler Murray if you have him more than likely but I think you have to temper the expectations a little bit right now I have Kyler Murray ranked as my quarterback 11 typically he's in the top five for me because he's an incredible talent as for Jimmy Garoppolo I have Jimmy Garoppolo ranked as quarterback 16 and the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, without J.J. Watt, obviously their defense is going to suffer, but they haven't been a terrible defense. They actually limit quarterbacks the most of any defense so far through the last four weeks. And they're third on the 2021 season in terms of limiting the quarterback position. And I don't necessarily love Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just after Daniel Jones, I'm not comfortable with starting a lot of these guys. Maybe I should even bump him down for the likes of a Ben Roethlisberger. But I think Garoppolo, if he does have Debo Samuel, which a lot of this is contingent on that, he can have a solid game. As we've seen, he throws a screen to Debo Samuel. He takes it, you know, 90 yards for an almost touchdown, and then it gets siphoned by somebody else, obviously. And George Kittle coming back, I think, will also help the overall offense, the rushing attack, as well as the passing. Elijah Mitchell being questioned. It's hard to kind of weigh in what's going on with the San Francisco 49er rushing attack because he has a rib injury and we're not 100% certain if he's going to play. I I think he's probably going to play, but how much workload will he get? Especially with Jeff Wilson also possibly being available for this game. So there's a lot going on there, but if he does play and if he is active, I think you have to start him. I have him as a top 15 running back option against the Arizona Cardinals who do not have J.J. Watt anymore. James Conner and Chase Edmonds, I'm comfortable starting both of them. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to utilize the running in in this game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game whatsoever. The over-under of this game is 45 points with the 49ers favored by two and a half. So you have Arizona dealing with all these injuries. Vegas does not necessarily have hope that they're going to overcome despite the fact that they're a seven and one team. I have Chase Edmonds as my running back 17. I have James Conner as my running back 22. If they get near the goal line, they're going to just give the ball to James Conner. We've seen that. And I think Chase Edmonds is going to be heavily involved in PPR leagues in terms of just dumping the football off to them. But he's also limited in practice with a shoulder so he's questionable something to just look at wide receiver wise Hopkins and Samuel are active you can play him I have Christian Kirk ranked even if DeAndre Hopkins plays but it could be Rondell Moore you know but without AJ Green there someone's going to get more targets and that's probably going to be Christian Kirk I think Moore will also get a little bit more targets I have Christian Kirk as my wide receiver 30 and I think you could start him in three wide receiver leagues possibly even flex him out and I'd feel 
pretty comfortable about it. But again, I don't think this game is going to be a huge offensive explosive game. Not going to start Brandon Ayuk. Don't care that he had seven targets and actually caught more than one pass in the game. He had four catches for 45 yards, which seems incredible for Brandon Ayuk. But holy crap, what a fall. You know, that's absolutely tragic. And then George Kittle and Zach Ertz, I'm comfortable with starting both. Sunday Night Football, baby. Let's get into it. This should be a lot of scoring according to Vegas, at least. 52.5 point over-under with the Rams favored by 7 points. No Derrick Henry in this game, which is abysmal. But if you have Stafford, you're going to play him. If you have Ryan Tannehill, you are going to play him because Ryan Tannehill is going to have to throw the football a lot. This isn't necessarily the best spot to do this, to be honest, especially not with Yvonne Miller coming over from the Broncos to the Los Angeles Rams. But hey, that's the that's what's going on right now. That's what they have to deal with with no Derrick Henry. There's going to be a lot of Jeremy McNichols. We're going to see some Adrian Peterson as well, which is kind of wild to think about. But Adrian Peterson is now a member of the Tennessee Titans, and he's going to be somebody to consider, I feel like. This isn't the best game for him, though. I think McNichols is somebody that you can play. The game script sets up better for a pass-catching type of running back, and I have McNichols in my top 26. He's actually at 26. Adrian Peterson, I have ranked as my last guy ranked at running back 35. I do not love it. Obviously, he hasn't been in the building all that long. I think he'll receive some workload if he is active, because I don't think the Titans want to give the entire workload to Jeremy McNichols right off the bat. But it's not a great matchup, as we said, with, with Aaron Donald, with, with this defense in general in Los Angeles, a team that's going to score a lot of points on this Tennessee Titans team. We, we've seen the Rams drop 40 burgers on a lot of teams looking over at the Giants right now. So this is well within the range of outcomes for the Tennessee Titans. And I get it. They didn't score actually 40 points on the Giants. It was 38, but Matt Stafford basically didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. It was a little bit in the fourth quarter. And then we saw the likes of Johnny Walford. So that's what I mean by that. Look, in terms of everybody else, Daryl Henderson, definitely going to start. Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup, you're going to start. A.J. Brown, if he's he's questionable, if he plays, you're definitely going to start him. He practiced fully on Wednesday and Thursday, but was added to Titans Week 9 injury report on Friday with a knee issue. If he doesn't play, then Julio Jones becomes more attractive. I don't know how much I want to play Julio Jones, even though he could have a great game, but we've only seen one good game from him this season, and that was way back in Week 2 against Seattle. But I like Julio, but I'm not necessarily too enthusiastic about playing him in this spot. Even though the Rams defense hasn't been the Rams defense from last year, I still think they're coming together a little bit more now than they were before, especially now that they added Von Miller. Robert Woods, I think you can definitely play as well, despite the fact that he's questionable with a foot injury. He had nine targets last week. He only caught three for 35 yards. Got in the end zone twice, though. One was a rushing touchdown. And this should be a game where you can throw on the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, man, they're just not a great unit right now and on the season they give up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position the third most in the last four weeks which is saying a lot because they played the Chiefs who did absolutely nothing against them back what was that two weeks ago so take that for what it's worth I'm gonna play Robert Woods if I have him I think Van Jefferson in deep deep leagues you can also consider now that there's no Deshaun Jackson there's gonna be some more snaps funneled towards Van Jefferson look Tight end wise, I don't want to play any of the Tennessee guys. I think you can play Tyler Higby. The Titans overall have been solid against the the uh, tight end position, but I think Higby is somebody you can definitely plug in there as a top 10 tight end. I have him just ahead of Hunter Henry. Hopefully he gets in the end zone. He's somebody that needs to get touchdown regression going in his favor because he's been tackled within the five yard line several times this season. It just hasn't necessarily broke his way. He's found the end zone a couple times this year, but it hasn't nearly been enough. He found it in Seattle back in week five, found it in Tampa Bay back in week three, and he could have had a lot more. But when you are in an offense with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson as the rushing attack, there's a lot of options ahead of you. So he really needs to make the most of the opportunities that he gets.
Moving on to Chicago and Pittsburgh. And the Rams defense I would entertain without Derrick Henry there. That offense is really going to be put on Ryan Tannehill's back. Chicago and Pittsburgh now. This is not going to be a great game. It doesn't at least set up to be. But I really hope Justin Fields rises to the occasion here and makes this a really entertaining matchup. And now it's in Pittsburgh. 39 point over under. Ew. Pittsburgh favored by six points. So there's not a lot of confidence in in the Chicago Bears. And that's rightfully so. And I, I like the fact that Fields was able to have a pretty good game against San Francisco at home last week. I mean, he still didn't throw for 200 yards, but he was able to get it done on the ground at 10 carries for 103 yards. That's awesome to see. Pittsburgh is definitely going to game plan for that. Pittsburgh's defense is very, very good. Both of these quarterbacks, I'm hesitant to play either. I have Ben Roethlisberger ranked higher as my quarterback 18. Justin Fields is my quarterback 22. Running back-wise, Najee Harris, you're definitely playing. I think you can play Khalil Herbert in this game as well. David Montgomery is going to return soon, and I'm trying to see if he's going to be back this week. I know he's going to be designated to return off of IR. I'm not 100% certain if he's going to be there this week, and when he does, Herbert is still going to eat into his workload. Herbert is not going away. David or Damian Williams is also questionable for this game with a knee injury, did not practice on Thursday. So if there is no Montgomery and Williams, something we may not know until Monday, so you have to make your lineup decisions without that information. Herbert would be a good play, even though this is in Pittsburgh, a really good run defense, but when if he's getting all that work, it's going to get a lot of PPR points. So just something to kind of look at. Najee Harris you're definitely going to play. I think you can get away from these Bears running backs, though, at the end of the day. But Khalil Herbert, I have ranked the highest at running back 20. So that's with the information that David Montgomery isn't going to be there, which is not a certainty. I'm not 100% certain about that. And with Damian Williams dealing with his injury, Deontay Johnson, love him this week. Love him every week. The guy is 6,700 on DraftKings. Don't really understand how. Should be a little bit more, probably just because he hasn't gotten in the end zone in two weeks, which it hasn't gotten north of 100 yards since week two. But the guy has 13 targets last week. 13 targets in week six. Didn't really do anything against Denver, but then he had 13 targets against Green Bay, 12 against Las Vegas, 10 against Buffalo. The guy just keeps getting targeted and he keeps producing in terms of PPR leagues. Chase Claypool, no Juju Smith-Schuster. He hasn't had that breakout game since week five where he had a touchdown at 130 yards, but week six and week eight hasn't really done that much. But we know Chase Claypool has the capabilities, so he's more of a high-end or a high ceiling, lower floor type of player. That's kind of been him for a while. Now I have him as a wide receiver too, but I'm not necessarily comfortable with starting him as a wide receiver too. You're just hoping for the bang in prime time from him. I don't want to start Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson. If I had to start one, it would be Darnell Mooney because he's producing marginally for fantasy, but he's producing more than Allen Robinson right now, which has just been an absolute train wreck if you drafted Allen Robinson. Pat Fryermuth, I am comfortable with. Eric Ebron's questionable here, but Fryermuth, we saw him get seven targets last week, caught four for 44 and a touchdown. The Bears are good against tight ends, but I still think Fryermuth can, if there's no Eric Ebron, get a solid snap share, solid workload, and I love the Steelers defense as well. All righty, everybody. This was Filato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I'm Nick Filato. Please check us out over at Big Blue View. We're covering all things the NFL, fantasy football, and obviously we're talking about your beloved New York football giants. Everybody, please take care and have a great week.